also going to be looking at Matthew chapter 1 and then a little bit in, in the Gospel of John as well. So if you want to kind of uh, maybe plan for that, you can follow along with us on the Version app. Those scriptures are all linked in there if you want to follow along there. Um, but uh, go ahead and turn to that and prepare as we dive into scripture. I just want to start by talking about a little bit about my own life and tell you just a little bit, uh, a couple stories about me. Um, one of the things that that we think about during Christmas is that Jesus came and that was a sign that God brought and we we're thinking about signs and what that might be and I was thinking about my own life and I was realizing that in my own life I often miss signs a lot. I was thinking about this story with uh, how I met my wife. Her name's Leslie and uh, we w went to actually elementary school, middle school, high school together. We were in high school. We were in yearbook class and uh, seniors in high school and as she tells the story she was dropping hints all over the place that she was interested in me. As I tell the story, I had no idea about this, or I thought that's got to be too good to be true. So I missed, as she would tell it, I missed obvious signs that she was interested in me. I, I, we tell that story and we laugh at this point um, because it worked out well for us. Um, but maybe you can relate to being like me, I don't know. But for me, I know that there are a lot of times in my life where I miss obvious signs. I, I miss things that should be clear to me, and I miss them. I, I know that as well for me that sometimes I often will pay attention to signs too much. Uh, sometimes I'll pay attention to signs that I probably should have ignored. I, I was walking, we lived in Charleston, South Carolina, and if you are any type of tourist town and you walk around down there, you'll see signs that say, uh, free hotel or free meal or free uh, all these wonderful things on the signs and you're like this is fantastic um, and you go and you follow and before you know it you're talking to somebody and they're trying to sell you a vacation home in downtown Charleston and in order for you to get this free seafood dinner those are times that I think I probably should have ignored those signs there are times when you're in the middle of the mall maybe you've never been to downtown Charleston but you're in the middle of the mall and you know they have those signs and you just glance at it for just a second and you look and you're kind of just a small amount of interest and then before you know it, 15 20 minutes later you're buying a little gadget that you never thought you were ever going to buy or you're ever going to be interested in um, they, they've got lotion on your hands or something going on in the mall those are one of those times you know I should have ignored that sign I should have kept walking I should have kept my head down. There are times that I miss signs. There are times that I pay too much attention to signs. Then there are times that I just flat out ignore signs. Sometimes I straight up ignore it. I have to be honest, there were a couple times early in my driving career where I just ignored the speed limit sign. I was on uh, I, the I-26, and I was just kind of headed out there. I knew what the speed limit was, but I chose to ignore that. Um, Got, uh, got a um, visit from the Tennessee Highway Patrol on that day as they reminded me that's not a sign that you can ignore. Um, there, were, there was another time early in my career as I, I went to Milligan College and uh, there's a stop sign kind of as you're headed. There used to be a Schlotzky's there. There's a um, kind of in that area. I just kind of went up to that. I, I mean, I had stopped on the ramp earlier, but I rolled right through that stop sign. Boy, a cop reminded me you can't ignore that sign. Uh, there are some times when I ignore signs, um, and, uh, and, and I end up getting a day of driving school for that, and that was a good time, let me tell you that. If you're a golfer, uh, like I am, there are times when you're on a golf course, and they have those signs that tell you just how far it is to get to the green, 
And if you're a golfer and you have any level of ego, which I'll admit willingly that, that I do, then there are times where you'll see it's probably farther than what you can actually hit the shot to get there over the water in particular, and you choose to ignore that sign, and before you know it, you're sinking golf balls in the water. And of course, if you miss once, what do you have to do? I mean, you have to hit another one. You choose to ignore signs. So for me, here's what I know about myself. I know that sometimes I miss signs, that sometimes I pay too much attention to the wrong ones, and sometimes I flat out ignore ones that I should have paid attention to. I know that if you're anything like me, that we can do that too that we often miss the most obvious things because we can get preoccupied with other things in our lives. We miss really obvious signs that we should be paying attention to. A lot of times those are laughable moments. You hit a golf ball in the water, that's funny. Um, We tell the story with my wife and I, that's funny. But the truth is, and we know this, that sometimes when you miss a sign, it can be tragic. And we can laugh about me missing uh, and choosing to ignore Uh, a stop sign and getting a day of driving school but the reality is we know that sometimes you ignore a traffic sign then it ends up in a tragedy sometimes when we ignore or we miss signs it results in a tragic event if we choose to ignore or we happen to ignore the signs of a heart attack then that can result in tragedy I have someone close to me in my life who ignored the signs of cancer and that was a mistake And maybe you know and can relate to what we sometimes do where we miss signs that are important. And things can sometimes be laughable, but all too often they end up being tragic. Today, as we look into our passage in Isaiah, this book of Isaiah tells this similar story of people who ignored important signs. They either missed them all out They paid attention to the wrong thing, or they just ignored the important signs. See, the truth is that God does act among people. And the story in Isaiah is is no different. We see that all throughout the Old Testament, that God acts and, and gives signs to his people. And sometimes they just ignore them. Sometimes hearts are too hard to respond. Sometimes eyes are closed. But God will work among them. We're going to look in Isaiah 6 in just a moment. Let me pray before we do. Father, as we open your word, we do pray for wisdom and insight. For we believe that your word in scripture is true for us and will provide everything that we need to understand and enjoy life to its fullest. Amen. Let's look at Isaiah, and let's kind of just, we're jumping in mid-story here in Isaiah 6, but just want to kind of illustrate, I think this passage illustrates what has been happening, uh, that God has been providing signs, and these signs have been ignored. And so we jump in here, Isaiah 6 and verse 9, says, And he said, Go and say to this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy, and blind their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. 
That's an important passage, not just because it sets context for what we're going to look at in Isaiah 7, but also because that passage is one that's quite memorable. It's one that, in fact, is referenced uh, multiple times in the New Testament. Every single one of the Gospels makes reference to that passage right there about how people ignore signs from God. People ignore that. And so that passage there is very memorable in that it's referenced and specifically called out as an example of what goes on when people ignore that. In, in Isaiah 7, rather than talking about a whole group of people, we see that that shift of who's responding to God's sign goes to a particular person. So Ahaz, this king of Judah, it comes onto the scene, and Isaiah's kind of dialoguing and interacting, bringing God's word, and, and here we have this guy who's not really following God, is given into the pagan system, and, um, and, and in this context, in this dialogue, we have one of the most memorable prophecies about the coming of Jesus that we have that we get in our Old Testament this one is one that that most of us would recognize if we've been to one or two Christmas worship times before Isaiah 7 verse 14 therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel you know, Emmanuel is just a Hebrew word that literally would translate God with us. God with us. And so here we have this, uh, th this text here in Isaiah 7, which says, God will provide a sign. God will provide a sign. And what we have in Isaiah is that many had closed their eyes, closed their ears, were missing the other signs, were missing the words of prophecy that were coming. But God was determined to act. God was determined to act, and the reality is that he will bring his word on the scene. But this is not the only time God's word would be ignored. We certainly can relate to ignoring signs in our life that have to do with maybe traffic uh, speed limits. But we can also, unfortunately, relate to what it's like to ignore God's signs in our life, because we know that this group in Isaiah, this King Ahaz, are not the only ones who sometimes miss God's signs. These words here are uh, in Isaiah, that passage in, in, in chapter 6 is quoted, I said, by all of the Gospels. If you want to look at those, I'll just read them. You can jot that down. There's plenty of space on the back of your um, bulletin today, which reminds me the reason there's nothing in there has a lot to do with the fact that this message was, um, was not planned ahead of time enough for this to happen, so hopefully you understand how that works. But we did leave you lots of space to write this down. So if you want to know where that Isaiah 6 is, you can jot these scriptures down. Matthew 13, verse 14 and 15. Mark 4, verse 10 through 12. Luke 8, verse 10. John 12, verse 39 through 41. And then even Paul then refers to this passage as well. Two different times, Acts 28, verse 26 and 27, and Romans 11, 8. So I told you, this passage about people ignoring God's word given to them, people ignoring God's word provided in some form of a sign, is something that we see um, in our scripture, something that we see in Isaiah, and yet is again, in our New Testament. And here's what I think is important about that, is that these quotations and these references are given because it's, it's meant to demonstrate what goes on in us when we reject God's word. In the New Testament, 
we'll see that that's God's word in Jesus Christ. Maybe that triggers for you as it did for me. I remember the passage in John chapter 1, John 1, right at the very beginning, very beginning, it talks about Jesus and it says, God's word became flesh. God's word became flesh. And so here's what I know, that God's word, even as it was delivered in Isaiah, delivered to the people by by prophecy, delivered to, to Ahaz in the form of a prophecy that God would provide, that God's word becomes flesh. The king would enter history as a man, born of a virgin. Jesus would become the ultimate sign. But not before 400 years of silence. 400 years of silence. It was actually in the middle of one of the verses that we just um, had in one of our songs today. That 400 years of silence. There was no prophet since Malachi. The people had four centuries to study God's word, to look and to read and to hear and to see these things where God was repeatedly pointing over and over and over again to the fact that he would come in the flesh, that he would provide um, salvation for us, that they could look, they could be ready, they could be um, on the lookout for the Messiah. But instead of using that time to look and to prepare What we know is that when the cry of the baby happens in Matthew chapter 1, many, many people missed it. You see, Isaiah had already delivered this promise that a son would come from a virgin. That promise was given seven centuries earlier and then in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and willing, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit." She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Remember what we just read in Isaiah? Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel commanded. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. At the right time, at the right moment, God sent his son. God comes in the flesh to be among his people. Emmanuel, literally, God with us. This, certainly, the ultimate sign would be one that all people would see. Or would they? See, this birth announcement was, was coming, but it was delivered to shepherds. You would think kings would come and kings would worship. People certainly would hear. I mean, there was even a prophet that came right before John the Baptist who prepared the way for Jesus, and yet so many people would miss 
the sign. The news did, in fact, reach royalty. It reached the Roman client king, Herod. And when it reached the, the, the royal um, king who was um, put in that place by the Roman Empire, instead of being moved to worship, what, what Herod did was he was moved by jealousy and fear. And so rather than going to worship this newborn king, Jesus, he issued an edict that would be the death warrant for any child under two years old born in Bethlehem because these men who had come, these foreigners who had come, they showed up and said, we want to worship this king. Foreigners had come. They had taken this time of silence. They had used this time to prepare to be on the lookout. And God said, I want to reveal for you a sign, a star that will lead you there. So they show up in Jerusalem. It's maybe they've lost sight of the star. We're not really sure what happened, but they asked Herod, have you seen a star? Herod says, what star? When did this appear? And he's, of course, trying to think of a timetable. Um, am I threatened? How is this going to happen? And so they show up and they say, well, here's when it appeared. And Herod's doing the math in his head. And rather than worshiping, he issues a death warrant. And so then what happens is these foreign wise men travel on, and that's Matthew chapter 2, travel on. As they leave Jerusalem, the star reappears. And this one leads them right to the place where Jesus was. So here we have foreign men who were on the lookout, who were following a sign, and yet the people we would think most logically would see it missed it. So we cannot help but ask, what about you? I mean, that's where this is going, right? What about you? What about me? What about us when God chooses to give us a sign? What signs are we paying attention to? Where is our attention? Are we using the time that God has given us? to study his word, to seek and to look for the signs, to, to follow the ultimate sign, Jesus. You see, Jesus has come and we celebrate that ultimate sign every Christmas season. I just wonder, are you attentive to him and to his work among you right now? Are you attentive to that? Or maybe you are paying too much attention to something else. And you've got, you got distracted just like that sign in the mall or the sign in a, in a tourist town can kind of pull you away and you find yourself distracted. What sign are you paying attention to? Are you looking at the wrong things? Are you following the wrong signs? There's a video I want to show that really is just going to kind of illustrate what this might look like in our lives at Christmas. So watch this. It's not all of these things. 
I know that video steps on my toes just a, just a little bit, more than I would like, because Christmas is one of those times I love, love Christmas, love this season, and yet unfortunately, sometimes I miss the most important signs and pay attention to the wrong things and get distracted where I never wanted to be. Sometimes I think we do that getting distracted by consumerism, lured in by the flashy sale signs. Boy, there are good sales at Christmas. Promises of sweet, cute Christmas memories. We watch the commercial and we're promised that if you'll do this, you'll have this Christmas memory and it's beautiful. And we're lured in by that. And we get distracted and we end up looking at the wrong thing. But what if we refused to be overcome with these types of signs, because we would allow God to lead us this Christmas to himself. Because I think that if we would open our eyes, if we would have a soft heart, if we would have attentive ears, that God wants to lead us into the presence of Jesus. These wise men, in Matthew chapter 2, they followed a star. And a lot of times we think, if God would just put a big huge light in front of me. I could follow that. I could walk in that path. And, and, and I think that, and that would be a wonderful sign to have. But don't you know, and won't you admit, that God's word is so much clearer than a, even a bright star? That God's word for us is, is so bright and so clear that it brings the right type of light for us to follow, not necessarily a star. But however, what we know from the wise men, if we will follow God's signs, we will end up at the feet of Jesus. We will. The wise men followed. They said, God, give us a sign. They followed. They showed up at the feet of Jesus and they worshiped him. We have the opportunity to worship Jesus. God's ultimate sign. And I believe the light that we follow is truer than any type of star that could be in the sky. What would it look like if we followed Christ above all else? What if we would hear with attentive ears? What if we would see God among us this week? What if our hearts were soft? and willing to be molded by God's word. John chapter 1, verse 5 through 9. The light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness 
to bear witness about the light that all might believe in him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about that light. If you want to underline something in your Bible, this right here is a good one. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Don't wish for a star in the sky as your sign to lead you to Jesus. Because God has provided for us a true light. A true light for us. And here's how we know, and here's how we follow. John chapter 3, starting in verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. And people loved darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that, it may, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Friends, that's the good news for you and for me. This gospel, this good news, that we could follow the true light of Jesus Christ. And that's the sign that has come. And I believe that if you and I would just like the wise men, that if we would choose to follow the light that God has, has brought into our lives, if we would choose to look this week with attentive eyes and ears that would hear, and we would have a heart that's willing to be molded by, what, by God's word, and that we would not pay attention to the wrong signs. Oh, think about what our worship could be. Think about what God would do in us if we would follow that sign this week. Or would we make a big deal about gifts under a tree? Or would we make a big deal about the stress of cooking a big dinner? Or would we make a big deal about the wrong things? Friends, for you and I, we could make a big deal about the wrong thing this week, or we could make a big deal about the ultimate sign God's word among us. Would you worship this week by looking and following the sign of Jesus Christ? Come to be among us. Would you follow him with all that you are, abandoning even where you sit and where you live like the wise men willing to follow? Would you do that this week? I believe if we would, our worship would be rich because we would end up at the feet of Jesus and we would make a Christmas celebration together that gives a testimony to the goodness of God. That's the gospel. And we want to give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus. God's Son, come among us. If you've never responded to Jesus before, we want to give you that opportunity this morning that you would say, I'm willing to follow. I've been following the wrong signs. Maybe you're like me and you've been buzzing down an interstate so fast 
You saw the speed limit sign. You've been buzzing down so fast. It's time for you to stop ignoring what you know you've ignored and just say, Jesus, I'm willing to follow you this week. I'm willing to look. I'm willing to have a heart that's soft.